You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi, and we have a very special guest today from a very special venue. I am live here at FinCon 15 in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's where you're hearing some of the murmur in the background. I'm going to try to speak over it a little bit, but would love for people in the audience to come join us. This is a live broadcast of FinCon 15. We're actually periscoping this as well. We're going to air this on iTunes in a later date, but I just want to introduce our special guest today, just off of his fabulous keynote speaking here at FinCon 15, we have Carl Richards. Welcome, Carl. Thank you. Thank you. I want to brag about you for a little bit, if I may. Um, so hold tight. Carl Richards is a certified financial planner. He is an, uh, the director of investor education for BAM Alliance. He is the creator of the weekly sketch guy column in the New York Times. Many of you have probably seen that. And is a columnist for Morningstar Advisor. His sketches are most known for taking complex financial concepts and making them easy to understand. That was my favorite part about your talk, actually, Carl. I wrote down simplicity equals art form. Uh, Keeping it simple is an art form, and we don't do it enough. And uh, his sketches, again, uh, they also served as the foundation for his first book called The Behavior Gap, and most recently, very exciting, his uh, book called The One-Page Financial Plan, A Simple Way to Be Smart About Your Money. You've been featured on Marketplace Money, Oprah.com, Forbes.com, you're a keynote speaker around the globe. It's such an honor to have you on the show. I know my listeners are in for a big treat. So welcome to, first of all, FinCon, and welcome to So Money. Thank you. Super excited to be here. Thank you. I like to start with all my guests. I like to share a snippet of how they got started and your story that I heard just now talking about your first job and what you thought was a security guard job right, right. actually was a securities job, um, yet you decided to stick with it. Take yeah. us back to that moment. Yeah. When Where were you in your life at that moment and what compelled you to stay in the securities industry? Right. So I, I was um, uh, really, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, right? I was an undeclared major at the university in Utah and um, my wife was looking for, I was also <laughs> digging ditches at a landscape company, right? Your wife and, was the working woman making yeah, more right, 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 frustrated. Right. Yeah, and she, she had graduated, she had a job, I came home one day and she was looking in the paper and she found, and she, I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm looking for a job. I said, you have one? She said, no, I'm looking for you. And I was like, all right, cool, what have you found? And it was, uh, we both thought it was a security guard job, you know, some sort of mall cop or, you know, whatever. So, like, this would be great, I can work at night, go to school during the day, I go, I apply, Turns out it's a job in the securities industry, and I didn't know the difference between security and securities, right? Right. So I ended up with the job, and so I got into the industry quite by accident, but what kept me there was what happened a couple weeks after, right? When I finally started getting exposed to um, real people trying to make decisions with their money, and I realized, like, whoa, this is crazy, mm-hmm. right? This is not about spreadsheets and calculators, right? I thought it was a math job. And it turns out it's not. It's about emotion and goals and dreams and fears and worries. And so when I found that out, that's what kept me in the business. So that's been 20 years now. 
I've just been on this journey to try and understand why do the why do all of us as humans behave often so irrationally when we're making decisions about money. What's one big reason why? What have you discovered? Well, what's interesting is I don't like irrational. I'm not even sure what to call it necessarily mm-hmm. because I think it's it, it may be irrational, but it's completely normal. Right. Right. Like to get, for instance, that's the good news, I guess. In yeah, some ways, no. The good it's news human is when, behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we recognize that it's natural and it's human, and it's genetic. So I'll give you an example. Right. Like when the market goes up. After the market's gone up, we all feel like we want to buy, and and that's like we all do it. Sure. And don't and don't tell me that you don't do it, right? We know we all do it. Um, and then when the market goes down, we get scared and we want to get out. And so that seems that's totally that's that's dumb, right? I've done it, so I can call it dumb. So it, it, it's dumb. But when we look genetically, right, we are hardwired to get more of the stuff that gives us security and pleasure, mm-hmm. right? We're hardwired to stay in a pack. We're hardwired to be protected, right? And then we're also hardwired to get away from things that cause us pain as quick as possible. And so when you translate that, like that's kept us alive as a species. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to investing, we, for some reason, we feel market down equals pain, get out, right? So... The, it makes sense why we do it, but it's clearly um, not healthy behavior. Your new book is called The One-Page Financial Plan, A Simple Way to Be Smart About Your Money. There is a, There are a lot of schools of thought out there, Carl, about whether or not it's worth it to work with an advisor. And uh, you were, are with BAM Alliance, so yep, yep. Um, I work with an advisor. I'm an advocate of working with at least someone who can give you advice. Yeah. There's a lot of bad advice out there. Right. So in your book, and given what you do, what's your advice for someone who can come up with a simple way to find someone to work with them that makes sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it, I've tried. I've been asked that question a lot, and I've tried to come up with like a checklist. Like, if they just have this designation, if they just work at this place, if they just do these things, then you can hire them. And unfortunately, honest. Like, you can't develop a checklist that out of the bottom will fall honest. Right. Right, and professional. So, I would focus instead on how they act, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of what they say or what they tell you you're going to do. Those things are all important. Or where they work, and that's important too. But I think the most important thing is how they act. And the way you'll know you're dealing with what I refer to as a, a member of the secret society of real financial advisors <laughs> is if... if they ask you more questions, like they listen more than they talk. Right. You feel like, and this is a good example. They're not showing right? you spreadsheets upon spreadsheets. Or like, hey, I've got this thing that's green. Oh, you don't like green? Here's blue, right? Like that's called sales. <laughs> so really, it's a function. Like it's a good doctor's appointment, right? You you'll take and fill a prescription. If you feel like you were diagnosed correctly. Yeah. Right? So if you leave feeling like, wow, that person asked a lot of questions. I think mm-hmm. they really understand my situation. And I th- therefore, I think what the advice they're going to give me is going to match. And that all matches. It's a good sign you're on the right track. Simple. Sometimes boring is best. Right, right, right. Boring's almost always best. What's your financial philosophy? I ask this of all of my guests to kick off the show, to really set the stage for kind of your mindset when it comes to money, Carl. You probably have a lot of philosophies, but if there's one over arching money mantra that you have uh let go let go right like stop worrying about it and stressing about it and instead sort of embrace embrace uncertainty and then do whatever is next right i don't 
know how you feel about this quote, but I I went to a Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within event. Did you walk on coals? I left before oh, that. Okay. Um, I, I, not nothing against that, but I just I needed to I needed some water. It was a really like, there was like no food and no water, and I was thirsty and famished. Um, but one of the things that Tony says, which kind of reminds me of what you just said, is that the and I'm probably botching this up, but it's essentially like the more uncertainty you can have in your life, and the more comfortable you can be right, with uncertainty, right. the the it, it's like directly correlated to happiness. Yeah, I think that's really, really true. I think your ability to handle, because so much of what we deal with is irreducible uncertainty, right? Mm-hmm. There's no, I mean, we can play games and tell ourselves stories that we can control things. And that's, I think, what we do naturally as humans. We'll make up a story like I'm in control here. The reality is we're not. And so accepting that has been, it's really something my wife taught me, to be honest. And that has been the most powerful thing I've learned about money. What did your childhood teach you about money? I like to ask guests uh, about their yeah. most kind of influential memory about money growing up as a child? Fear. You were fearful of money. Well, fearful there wasn't going to be any. My parents were divorced when I was eight. eight, And my mom worked her guts out to make things work. And I just remember my mom always working and me always being scared there wasn't going to be enough. And my wife, on the other... Like, just what's so fascinating to me is what we expect of people in a marriage, right? Like, and we, nobody told us that we were supposed to talk about this before, right? My wife grew up in a family of entrepreneurs, right? And she was totally comfortable with risk. And so here I am like scared, scared, scared. And here she is saying, Hey, don't worry. Like if it doesn't work out, we'll, we'll move to the apartment, right? Like it's going to be okay. Hey, I found this job for security. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah, go, go. Go. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got your suit ironed and everything. Yeah. So it's all... For 20 years, we've been married 20 years. In 20 years, she's just been unwinding to a large mm-hmm. degree. That sense of fear and scarcity. What's your biggest financial failure? Has Carl Richards ever failed? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. It, it'll take <laughs> about 10 seconds in the old Google to find my biggest failure. Oh. Right? Yeah. Should we do it now? Yeah. yeah. You, you, uh, Let me see. You want to actually I'm see Googling. if it works? Let's see. So what, what should I Google exactly? Carl Richards' house. Oh, gosh. Okay. Did you did you foreclose? No, it didn't. It wasn't that bad. We oh, short well, then sold whatever. Though. No. Oh, I'm then kidding. whatever. <laughs> Wait, foreclosure? Wait, what am I doing? House. House. Let's just see what happens. Okay, what happens? How, oh, oh. How a financial the number one in point. Google's half a good. Second. How a financial pro, pro lost, lost his, his house. house in the New York Times. I wrote it. It was thirty five hundred words. There's a picture of me staring at my house. Oh, this is wow. gonna hurt. Wow. The value of your home it collapsed. Our debt was out of control. My financial planning business was shaky. I went to take out the trash one night oh, a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So, so go down. Let's see if the, we so, can't read them, but go down to the comments. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. You you got to stop reading yeah, the comments, know. Carl. There was seven. Rule number one. There was of writing eight thousand comments about this on. Uh, wow, Yahoo it's a really Finance. long. Piece. Was it in the magazine? Yeah, it was the f- cover page of. Oh dear. Special- okay. Oh, they took the comments off. Oh. A lot of the comments were like, "You should die, and your kids should be buried." In because the- you. Because I made a, a mistake with my. Wow. Money. Yeah. Harsh. You know what? But it it's took- trolls, and they're yeah, living yeah, in their. I, in li- they're living in dark holes, and. I've gotten yeah. over that a long time ago, but but the point is. Um, we all make mistakes. It happens right? to the best of us. Well, I don't, yeah. It, it happens to us. <laughs> to right? us. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Um, your proudest financial moment. Let's flip it. Your so money moment. So here, let, let, I, if, if I can, like this is a fascinating topic to me, right? So if you fast forward three years later, mm-hmm. things are amazing, right? We moved, to, we moved to Park City, Utah. I have like 
What brought you to Park City, Utah? Oh, I felt like we had to move back to... I was from Utah, okay. so that was in Vegas. I felt like we had to move oh. back to take care of my, um, my business. Mm-hmm. I thought everything was going to fall apart. We moved with a bunch of debt and a little bit of money in a shoebox, like cash in a shoebox. And a bunch of debt. And then you fast forward a couple of years later, all the debts paid off. There's a bunch of money in say like and so I was trying to figure out what did I do? What did I do to quote unquote deserve that bad experience? And then what did I do to deserve this good experience? Wait, can I stop for a second? Because you took total responsibility for that, whereas a lot of people would have said how could I have seen this coming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The market's out of my control. Is that yeah. is that part of your approach to a lot of this? Or? Yeah, yeah, no, my my, and I'm really clear in the article. Right, yeah. like it, this is my deal. Yes, right? I in hindsight I should have done this and this and this different. I didn't know at the time. Whatever, it's my deal. But but my point here is, I don't know. I mean, look, yes, I was responsible, but I don't know exactly what I. I, I don't know that I flipped some switch suddenly to go from that to that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I was talking with my, um, my therapist, counselor, coach guy. And, and I was like, well, wait, if I can't link something to the bad thing and I can't link something to the good thing, what does that mean about five years from now? And I said, does that mean I could theoretically I could own my own plane or I could be homeless? And he's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you accept that then you're actually free. Yes. And I thought that was super cool. That's oh, where wow. I like the idea of letting go of just being like, you know what? Of course we're going to do our best. Of course we're going to take responsibility. Of course it's all up to us. But in the end, it is what it is. After we've done all those things, it is what it is and we can just let go and do what's next. So f- then your so money moment. Let's go back to that. Where did you did you feel when was your f- moment that you felt exceptionally triumphant in a financial decision that you'd made that had worked out <laughs> that did work out yeah I mean I'm still feeling that way like I just I I have these moments where it's I'm a, like it's a wow, constant wow this is so cool mm-hmm. people have given me permission to do this again right yeah. like FinCon allowed me to come give a talk like I, it's so such a blessing to have been given permission by whoever it is that grants permission to do this thing, right? Who are your role models? I see Seth Godin gave you a, a nice blurb on the cover of your book, and Seth's been on the show, and he's a big advocate of, like you mentioned, finding your true voice, being authentic, original, simple. Yep. As you were crafting this philosophy, really life philosophy for yourself, were there people that you kind of really respected that you thought... I want to be like that, or I really appreciate how they're living their life and doing their their art, their work. Yeah, I mean, Seth has always been a sort of a a guiding light to just sort of doing the work, mm-hmm. right? Like showing up every day and doing the work. Elizabeth Gilbert's TED Talk changed my life for sure, with just the understanding of like, you know, there's no like shaft of light coming from heaven, right? We just sit down and do the work. Like a mule, yes. Yeah, the mule for sure. Um, then some other people that just have shown up in my life at the right time that have taught me to let go. I mean, my wife is so good at this of just like, like, I'll give you an example. We are in the middle, we've been renting our house for six years because we couldn't buy one. Right. And we now have enough money to buy one and, and, and we just need a little credit. Oh yeah. The credit's fine. That's amazing too. That's an amazing story. But, but the, but we have enough money to buy one. And, and so we're starting the process of building and we need a, a, a rather large chunk of money, like 
120 days from now. And there's about 20 ways that rather large chunk of money could show up. Like, I've written them all down, but none of them are, like, there, guaranteed. Yeah. And I'm like, sometimes I free, I'm like, wait, yeah. aren't you worried about this? And she's like, <sighs> no, like, it's 120 days from now. Like, it'll show up. Like, well, I know it's 120 days from now. Wow. And it, and indeed, that was 120 days ago. The money's there. Money's there. It's all worked out. So the ability to somehow, and this, but money doesn't care- manifest itself. Be you, careful. You this is things. not the secret. Right. All right. right? Like, Let's be, be care- clear. Yeah, yeah. It's the, not the there's secret. There's a methodology to this. Yeah. The difference is like, we have the plan, we're working our tails off, but then we're taking that hat off, like the forward thinking planning hat yeah. and putting on the do the work now hat. Right. So I think balancing between planning and uh, planning and doing the work, it's like planning and being present, right? Yeah. Well, speaking of doing the work, I'd like to ask now, what's your number one financial habit? So there is this idea, this greater concept of letting go. But within that, and as you are believing this, what are you doing? Let's say one thing that you do consciously, weekly, daily, periodically, that uh, correlates directly to, fi- to financial wellness for you and your wife. Yeah, yeah. so I, I am working on something now where every transaction, right? Every time the credit card's used or cash or whatever it is you use, I just simply take three seconds and notice it, right? Like no bad or good, no judge, just notice. In the moment? In the, like, ah, and my favorite word is to say, isn't that interesting, right? Just, just not bad or good. Like, okay, I'm at Whole Foods. I'm buying some kombucha, isn't that like, and some kale or some arugula. Like, let's make this even more and you Whole Foodsy. Spent Forty five dollars. Yeah. And I say, actually, here's a better example. Jimmy John's. I've been going to Jimmy John's for two years, getting an unwitch, the ones wrapped in lettuce. I get the number nine unwitch. And the other day, I realized I probably bought this sandwich fifty times. And if somebody was standing outside the door when I walked out and said, "How much did you just spend on that sandwich?" I wouldn't have known. Right? Like somewhere between $5 and $12. Yeah. But I wouldn't have known. And so I noticed it's $7.50. Right? Mm-hmm. That's actually changed my behavior a little bit. How? Well, here's the deal. I think just the awareness. Mm-hmm. So it's only two extra minutes to my house from Jimmy John's. And so the other day I thought... And it's not that seven dollars and fifty cents matters all that much. It's a great ad for Jimmy John's, by the way. Right yeah, now. it's not that that matters all that much. $7.50, great sandwich, whatever. But I just thought... Hey, you know what? That's right. We have some fresh greens at the house, and we cooked salmon last night, and it's in the leftover. Why don't I just go home? Yeah, make the Carl Richards unwitch. That's right. Right. So, so the, I guess my point is a habit I'm trying to develop is no, simply noticing, not judging, not beating myself up. Just no. Oh, that's interesting. I like that. That's, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah. Well, this has been a very interesting conversation, yeah. more more than just interesting. Let's let's wrap with some so money fill in the blanks, Carl, shall we? Oh, trouble. No, it's fun. I promise. <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, stream of consciousness fun. Yep. Fill, finish this sentence for me. If I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say a hundred million bucks, the first thing I would do is. Ab, and I feel really strongly about this. Absolutely nothing. Okay. I would literally just let it simmer <laughs> for at least 90 days. 90 days? Was there, is there a reason for 90, no, no, no. not, no, not no, 85? No, 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 no. It's just 90 sounds 90? like a good okay. number of like, and I think this is super important, like a bonus, you know, uh, inherited money. Just get used to the idea of having it right before you do anything. Yeah, I like That's that. That's what I would do. The one thing that I spend my money on that makes my life easier or better is? Recreation. 
outdoor, like climbing, mountain biking, skiing. Yeah. Absolutely. And for in Utah, sure. you get a lot yeah, of that. Yeah, for sure. My biggest guilty pleasure, and maybe you wouldn't call it guilty, but my biggest interesting pleasure that I uh, get a lot of value out of, and I spend probably too much money on, but I do it anyway. I don't even know what to say. I think it's called Talente, the, that, um, <laughs> that, that uh, wannabe Italian... Uh, it comes in like the little round cans. They make salted sea sea salt caramel. Oh, how about Jenny's ice cream? Oh, the best. Yeah, yeah. I Jenny's is like twelve people. bucks a pint. Yeah, if you want to ever thank penny, someone yeah, send for like Jenny's. helping you out with work or just yeah, yeah. being generous, send them Jenny's ice cream. So you can do salted, it from their website. Their salted caramel it's is amazing. out of control. Yeah, yeah. Yep. One thing I wish I had learned about money growing up is. Uh, the, to talk about it. To talk about it. Yeah. Uh, when I give, when I am charitable, I like to give to... My church. And I'm Carl Richards. I'm so money because... I'm totally ignoring money. I right? love I'm it. letting go You're letting go. Yep. And um, I, can I just... It's a shout out to Frozen, which is one of my kids' favorite movies. <laughs> oh, yeah, one of my right. favorite movies. I think we could franchise this. Yes, I don't know. We sure. should talk to Disney for about sure. this. Let it go. Let it go. Yes, let it go. I love it. Carl Richards, thank you so much. Congratulations yep. on the one-page financial plan. For thank you. you. Pleasure. Yeah. Thank nice you very much. You. Awesome. And that is a wrap, guys. If you'd like to learn more about Carl Richards, his website is behaviorgap.com. He's also on Twitter at behaviorgap. All this information at somoneypodcast.com, where you can also nab the transcript, the comments, and also you can ask me a question. Click on Ask Farnoosh, and that's where you and I can connect in my inbox. And then every Friday, I respond to listeners' questions. Thanks so much. Coming from you live at FinCon 15. It's been a wonderful, so far, wonderful visit. Visit, connecting with so many great friends, colleagues, experts, and many guests who've been on this show, including Carl Richards. Thanks for tuning in. I hope your day is so money. <laughs>